I don't think you've ever played that song. It's beautiful. Yeah, I've never heard it before. That's the first time. Wow. That's a beautiful, beautiful song. Thank you. Yeah, I want to hear it again now. Oh, good. <laughs> and exactly what, let me just gift you with that, Ariana. Here you go. We'll do it again at 11. Very nice. How many of you have been with us the last few weeks going through this nativity process? And how many of you are just joining us for the first time for this? Okay. So you're, you who are joining us, you're going to get the Reader's Digest catch-up version. So we have been looking at, at this nativity story, and we've been actually using the pieces of it. It's kind of dark, but it's okay. I'm going to explain it to you. We learned some things. First thing we learned was that this whole story is really a formula for understanding how we bring our sacred selves out, how we really understand that holy self that we were born as and we stop keeping it back here, hidden somewhere in our mind, and we actually begin to birth it into the world. Because look at our world. Do you think we need it? Yes. Thank you. Yeah, me too. So this is about birthing our Christ consciousness. This story has stuck around for several thousand years because it teaches us something about ourselves something very important. And whether you believe that, whether you literally believe the story of the birth of Christ or whether you look at it differently, whether you're here from another faith, we have people from lots of different faith traditions, does not matter. What matters is that you understand that you are to live and follow the lesson for bringing the sacredness of yourself into the world. That's what we need right now. We need to come back to who we are at our deep heart. So this story tells us how, and it tells us where the catch points are. So the first thing that we learned was that a manger, being born in a manger, being born in a stable, did not happen back then the way we think of it now. We learned that animals came into the house. We learned that when, Jesus, or when Mary and Joseph were traveling to Bethlehem and they arrived that there was not a hotel in downtown Bethlehem that they went to the home of family as did all of their family so the idea that there was no room in the inn means that you say to your relatives we're really full come on in we got a lot of you can sleep over here in the manger the whole upstairs the whole upper floor because there was a an upper floor where the family gathered, and down in the bottom, a stable and something resembling a kitchen. So you can come in, but you're going to have to stay down in the stable part because we're completely filled upstairs. This changes the story because it's not a story of being cast out. It's, being a, it's a story of being welcomed in and room being made for you. This is important. Because if you don't understand that the world will make room for the holiness of you, for you to bring this forward, you will probably never be able to do that. So you have to understand that there is space for you in this life we live right now in the 21st century 
to bring the holiness of you forward. Last week, we talked about the, the uh, story from the seventh century that Jesus was born between a donkey and an ox, between an ass and an ox. That there, it's an important metaphor because at that time in Jewish culture, one was clean and one was unclean. And so what it tells us is we have to watch our judgment. We have to pay attention to whether we judge ourselves as worthy of bringing Christ consciousness to the planet or not. Some moments we do, some moments we don't, right? So this Christ consciousness that is trying to come forward is coming forward through us when we have two different opinions about who we are. So let's think about the next piece of the story today. The next piece of the story happens in Luke. And in, this story only appears in two out of the two of the gospels in Luke and Matthew. In Luke, we learn about the shepherds and in Matthew, we learn about the kings. Next week, we'll talk about the kings. This week, we're going to talk about the shepherds. So here are the shepherds in their fields. And these fields are not flat, far-reaching fields. They're kind of terraced fields. There's, uh, I was looking yesterday at what's called the field of the shepherds outside of, Beth, uh, outside of Bethlehem, where, where Bethlehem would have been. In, and it's a terraced area, very rocky very different than what you might have in mind. So here are the shepherds with their sheep. And they are, they are just doing what shepherds do. It's nighttime. The sheep are sleeping. They're probably laying around a fire. They might be awake. They might be just starting to doze off. And some big, bright light shows up. Big, big, bright light shows up. They don't even know about aliens back then. <laughs> Something big and bright shows up in the sky over them, and it begins to talk to them. And this is what we use as our example, this little angel figure. What we know about the word is that the word angel means messenger. Most likely, it didn't show up looking like this. Right, but this is what we've used. So some angel shows up over the top of them out in the middle of nowhere, shining brightly in the sky and says, don't be afraid. Would you be, would you be afraid? <laughs> sure, no problem. I'm not afraid. What are you talking about? Don't be afraid. I'm not here to scare you. I'm here to bring you tidings of joy. Great joy. I am here to tell you that your savior. Now remember, we are not a saviorist faith. Okay? So we'll define that. Your savior has been born. The Messiah is here. Okay. Nothing said by Nothing, just the announcement, the annunciation. Ta-da! The Savior has been born, and you will know the Savior because he's lying in a manger, wrapped in swaddling clothing. And then, as if one angel wasn't enough, the whole host of heaven, the whole sky opens up and sings to you. 
what would you do? Enjoy the concert. Yeah, enjoy the concert. Yeah, I mean, put yourself in this real place. This is a pretty powerful symbology. This is a really, really important part of the story. So if you look at our little manger, you'll see that I have put Jesus, if you probably can't see it from the back, but I've put Jesus, Mary, and Joseph in there. Obviously, the baby is lying in the manger. Mom and dad are around. There's an angel. And right over here is your everyday shepherd. And I say every day because the shepherds were not the kings. There's a big difference between the story in Luke and the story in Matthew. In the story in Luke, the shepherds were the first to hear about this birth. The shepherds are the, the in that culture, the shepherds had no respect. They, they were known to feed their animals on other people's property, and then other people couldn't feed their animals there. They were wanderers. They were nomadic. They had a job to do, but they were not people of great respect, most of them. They were people doing their job, and they lived outside of the community. Correct. Correct. So, so important for you to know who we're talking about, that this is a, this is a, uh, again, that kind of lower understanding. So let's go back through this. This happens. They come to the angels come. They say this great thing is happening. The whole heavens burst open and sing and and praise the holy. They sing in praise of the glory of God. The glory of God. Now, I don't know about you guys. But that, as you know, most of you, traditional biblical language does not sit well with me. It's uncomfortable in my body. So we have to get past any old ideas we have and ask ourselves, what do these things really mean? Because this isn't about the traditional language. It's about the symbology. So the glory of God, whatever has happened is to the glory of the holy. So let's go back through now. So then the, what do they do? They get up and go, we better go find whatever this is. We better go find this baby. This baby is laying in a manger, as would be pretty much any other baby in town. And it's wrapped in strips of cloth, swaddling clothing strips of cloth, like there would be naked babies in town, right? What does that mean wrapped in? These pieces are really critical to understanding the formula. So shepherds, our shepherds are in the field who are our inner shepherds. Our inner shepherds are the thoughts that we have that are our day-to-day, -day, our sheep, are those day-to-day -day thoughts that we have. You know, they say we have the same thoughts 87 times a day. The same things. We think about the same things on average 87 times a day. The same thoughts yesterday as today and tomorrow and the day after that. The same thoughts 87 times a day. Who's taking care of those things? Who's taking care of the things that we think all the time? There is a part of our brain that is designated for those things. 
It's a lower part of our brain, isn't it? It kind of handles the day-to-day, oh yeah, where did I put my toothbrush? Do you think that every day? Oh, toothbrush, toothbrush, toothbrush. A part of your brain is doing that. There's a part of your brain attached to the things that you could lose, like your sheep, right? The things you have to keep track of. There is a part of your brain that does that. And it does it every day. And then suddenly, something in your soul, something in your being says, hello, there is something going on with you that you need to pay more attention to than the toothbrush. Lift your vision up here. Lift your vision up from the day-to-day stuff that is being handled. Lift your vision up. Those things are going to be fine. Pay attention. There is more to you than what you do every single day. And as soon as you lift your head up, you look around and you go, oh, wow. There are a whole bunch of reminders about that out in my world. There are a whole bunch of things that tell me I'm capable of more. They might be thoughts. They might be people around you who say, you're doing a really great job at that thing you do every day. Wow, I really love who you are. There's an amazing, amazing light that emanates from you. You are such a perfect reflection of the divine. Raise yourself to see the messengers that are coming. Pay attention to the fact that they are singing to the glory of the divine that you are. To the glory of the divine that you are. When we raise ourselves out of the day-to-day stuff, the sheep we're following around, keeping track of, where did I put my keys? When we raise ourselves up and we look at the messages that are coming to us, we see the angelic way that we are influenced. That it comes to us that there might be something more to us than what we think. Somebody else is seeing something else in us. Someone else is proclaiming that there is a birth. And we pay attention to it. And when we pay attention to it, then we have to listen to the message. And the message is, a savior is being born to you. Don't be afraid. But you know what happens when we look up and we see the best in ourselves? We realize what we're capable of. We look up and we see the best in ourselves and we go, Cool. Oh, I can't really do that. Because remember, we're caught between judgment about whether we're worthy or we're not worthy. So we tend to come back down. Don't be afraid. Keep looking up. This is big and powerful and important. Pay attention to the message you're getting. Go find this. You will find it laying in a manger wrapped in swaddling clothing. Swaddling clothing are strips of fabric. What it tells you is this bright light that people are seeing in you is wrapped in the human form. So you have to know this because where do we look for the holy? Up there. 
everything we've ever been taught about looking for what is sacred in life has positioned it above us. We have to look in the manger, which is representing us wrapped in human limitation. What does swaddling do? Have you ever swaddled the baby? All the moms in the room go, yep, limits those arms from flailing around because when a baby is first born, it's been tucked really tight. And so you swaddle it because it's not quite ready and its arms flail all over and it scares itself. So we swaddle a baby to hold it tight. This baby is born between its mother and its father. And there are some things that you have to know about that. You have to know that Mary represents love and intuition and open-hearted soul. And you have to know that Joseph represents wisdom. But when the baby was first coming, Joseph had a real problem on his hands, didn't he? Because they were betrothed. They weren't even married. And in Jewish culture at that time, that really mattered. And so it took him a while and he had to have his own angel appear before he could buy into the fact that something miraculous was happening. So Joseph represents our ability to have understanding that becomes wisdom. And those things are really important that we allow our intuition and our love to nurture the idea that something holy and sacred lives within us and that we understand when we're first working on this, our understanding is not yet wisdom. We're going to bounce back and forth. Yeah, I believe, I believe you, Ariana. I believe that I am the holy waiting to express through this body. Yeah, well, I just blew up at somebody and I'm not very worthy of being the holy today, right? This is our conundrum. That we have to do this long enough for the understanding of what's trying to happen to become wisdom and acceptance that it is happening. This is a powerful formula. It's a really powerful formula. And you are getting the messages. So my invitation to you today is to stop worrying about the sheep. My invitation to you today is to notice Notice how much time you spend worrying about the sheep and get your attention off the sheep and up to the messages that you're getting everywhere in your life right now. You as your divine Christ consciousness, you as the holy expressing, you as the hands, heart and moving spirit of God are needed on the planet right now in your highest way of being. You are needed and you are being called out because you are the glory of God. I have some quotes for you. Deborah Clementy wrote a book called Listen, Hear a Divine Story. And this is from the story. You have all you need. Stop looking to another. My word is written within you and and as you. No voice speaks clearer. Surrender to me. Do not think what is next. It shall be shown for what it is. Listen to me, lest you forget. True wisdom comes only from source. 
Don't be afraid to be alone with yourself. I am here. Listen to me as I speak clearly your name. Must you always seek to draw me out? I am here. Hear me now. Move over. Get out of your way, I say. I speak peace and love into your heart. Rajneesh says, and he is a Buddhist teacher, says you can call it tatharta, suchness. Suchness is a Buddhist way of expressing there is something in you which always remains in its intrinsic nature, never changing. It always remains in its self-same essence, eternally so. That is your real nature. That which changes is not you. That is mind. That which does not change is your Buddha mind. You can call it no mind. You can call it samadhi, satori. It depends upon you. You can give it whatsoever name you want. You can call it Christ consciousness. And the last is from Paramahansa Yogananda. And he says this, let us meditate until we perceive the infinite Christ reigning in our own hearts.